if you've been on a spiritual path this you know right now you'll know that the spiritual path isn't necessarily like the easier path if anything it's probably like the more courageous path the more daring path the more you know sometimes the dark path because there you face your own darkness but what i prefer what i love about human design at least in comparison to the other modalities is that i feel like i am in the driver's seat today i'm going to be chatting to maria amiuni all about human design Human design is a holistic self-knowledge system that often gets described as sitting somewhere between astrology and the Myers-Briggs personality test. I recommend looking up your human design now, which you can do online for free, before we get started so you can follow along and maybe jot down some notes as we go. Maria is a spiritual coach, teacher, and human design reader who loves to help people find their purpose and reclaim their power. We speak about her journey from the corporate world into the spiritual arts, and she also gives us a sneak preview of her beautiful new book of poetry, Heaven Rings in My Ears, which is out now. So welcome to Chillin' with Chill Me, Maria. How's it going today? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, by the way. I'm really, really grateful that I get to do this with you. I'm so excited to have you as my guest And I've been really looking forward to exploring human design. So we are definitely going to chat about that. But I would love to learn about your journey into the spiritual arts. And I say spiritual arts because you're not only a human design teacher, but a Reiki practitioner, a yoga teacher, a holistic health guide. And I would say you're just really devoted to this path in general. But let's wind the clock back. So where did you grow up and in what kind of environment were you raised? Yes, by the way, that's so interesting. So I grew up in Kuwait. I grew up in a very small country, Mm. uh, you know, right underneath Iraq, Saudi, on the Arabian Gulf. And I lived there for 18 years. And, you know, when you don't know anything else, it was very much my home. When I go back, I still feel very much connected to that part of the world because it was the environment I grew up in. But, you know, like after living out of Kuwait and then going back, I'm like, wow, like it's, I can understand why people might struggle at first to like fit into that kind of environment. But the the environment is very, I would say, very oriented towards family and very much oriented towards um, like small communities, I would say. So like I had my really close community of friends and we were always together and we grew up together and we were brought up with similar values, similar views on the world. And so I feel like it was a very nice place to be and to I feel like it instilled really important values that I still keep till today, whether it's like, you know, family's a priority, knowing how to like nurture your friendships, because that becomes a really big priority when you live in that part of the world. Mm -hmm. And my, my home environment, I mean, I'm an only child, so (laughs) it's, uh, it's a little bit different. I'm sure there's like only children that are listening to the podcast, but I feel like when you're an only child, like you find a lot of different ways to stay creative and to like create fictional worlds that allow you to 
be that child right because I feel like when you have siblings you can like find that way of playing with with your sibling whereas with me it was like I had to create a whole thing by myself so I did a lot of that my um my youngest cousin is an only child and you can see that she's just and a lot of only child I've met they have so much imagination and I think it's because yeah they don't have a brother or sister to play with so they're creating this world um and a lot of them seem to be very in tune with spirit as well I've noticed in my yeah. world your world um, both like both my my partner's um nephew and my little cousin have you know been quite sensitive to things which I find interesting as a child did you find that you were um especially sensitive to energies around you or it was very very sensitive and the thing is obviously you don't know that you're sensitive mm. right so it wasn't like I was sensitive and I thought, wow, like such a great gift. Like I feel all of these things and I can sense that something is wrong or I can sense someone is sad or I just want to help. So I was always the kid in the playground that would, you know, go protect the person that's being bullied or, you know, like try to protect the the younger children from the bigger kids that were coming and like picking on them. And I feel like it really came from... Um, feeling for people a lot but you know as I grew older I feel like I didn't recognize okay like that wasn't my energy I was just sensitive to it and enhancing it and magnifying it and I would say yes I was very much connected to the spirit world there was a lot of things that I did from a very young age for example, whenever someone was sick at home, like I naturally gravitated and wanted to tend to them, whether it was, you know, coming to their bedside and like checking in on them or like just placing my hands on their bodies to like make them feel better. Um, I did that quite a bit. And I would say like my dad, who is a projector, which we'll get into in a bit, he always, I feel recognize my healing abilities from a very young age mm. so he would always like call me like his vitamin c or say that like I would just heal him with my presence in the room so I feel like he always felt something was there and as I grew older you forget you're conditioned you try to fit in with others you try to like you know maybe sometimes forget because I saw it more as a burden and I'm curious, were you raised in any kind of faith traditions? Christian, like we were, I was raised uh, Christian. So the thing is like, I'm actually Greek Orthodox, but because all my friends were like Catholic. So I'd go to like Catholic school, you know, like uh, after school. So we would like go and like chill together just so I can fit in, you know, just so that mm -hmm. I could spend more time with my friends. But I started questioning a lot of things also very early, like who is God? And I feel kids do that, you know, and then you just get like a very like generic answer from your parents. Mm. But yeah, definitely ask like, who's God? Where does God live? What does God do? What is heaven? What is hell? All mm. of those questions. And I was never satisfied with any of the answers. Yeah, I feel like we have that in common. I felt like... I did find a comfort in being raised, you know, with God, I think. Um, but all of the questions, you know, why aren't there any women in leadership roles? 
that really irked me. And why? And I remember going to confession. I don't know if you did. You end up? Did you do confession? If you went to, I confession? ended up doing confession yes, because it was the <laughs> Do the Orthodox do confession too? So, and I remember sitting there and like, just thinking of all of the things I would just list off random, like I yelled at my mom, you know, and there was just this whole, this big emphasis on sin and how everything was bad. Hair gel was bad. I remember once, I'll never forget going to the funeral. One of my cousins, his grandfather, not my grandfather on the other side of his family died. And the sermon the priest, he's an Italian priest because we would go to like the Italian church. And he just, the whole sermon he was saying about how Kylie Minogue is so bad, you know, why do you worship Kylie Minogue? And just all these things. I'm like, what has this got to do with faith and church? And I think he was getting it like, don't worship your idols or something. But I just remember feeling like, you know, at some point, this is not making sense to me. You know, which is why I think as I've gotten older, I've been so interested in learning about other systems, other faith cultures and finding a common thread, actually finding that common thread in all of them, which is just, you know, love is the only thing that's real at the bottom line. Anyway, that was a whole tangent. No, it's not. <laughs> but I, for me, I agree. I feel like there is a common thread and it is that only love is real. Mm. And that God is love, the universe is love, and yeah, God is love. That's that's. Mm. And I feel like yes, like you, you know, I question like why is Eve the bad one? You know, like why? Like it was all of these different questions. Like why is Mother Mary depicted in this way? And you know, even Mary Magdalene, why was she considered a prostitute up until like the 16th century? I believe, like she was, you know, like mm. she was. Jesus's favorite apostle how did we demonize her and so you know it's interesting how that sermon he was talking about Kylie Minogue and like you know idolizing our our idols which I agree mm. not the best thing to do but at the same time it's like I think it's because it's reflecting maybe back to them where what they're putting on a pedestal mm. as well and also their limitations in terms of you know like why does he have to say Kylie Minogue like because I've picked a, a man yeah why didn't he pick the you know I didn't pick the, the guy that is singing yeah or even the current prime minister or somebody like I think it was John exactly. Howard at the time exactly but why do we pick on the woman mm. and so all these things what led you to discover the kind of um you know, this world of Reiki and yoga, I know that you did a bit of a stint in the corporate world. Yes, a bit too long and funny because <laughs> I didn't hear about it yesterday. Um, but basically, I was working corporate. I was working for a hedge fund in London for almost four years. I was nearing four years when I quit. Mm. And it was because I was very, very burned out, very much not in alignment with what I wanted to do. And at that point, I had all of the signs that, like, it was time to leave. It was time to go. Mm. And I could have stayed a few years more. I could have pushed through. I'm sure, you know, you can always do that. But a part of me felt like if I did that, I was only going to get sicker. And I was waiting for the universe to send me, like, a huge sign, like, in bold and big. This yep. is what you're 
do you need to quit your job but as I was working I got really into yoga meditation reiki coaching so I did all of my certifications while I was working not thinking that the dots were going to connect I was just doing it because I loved it and because it was helping me in my day-to-day life with making peace with my (laughs) monkey mind right like our minds at least for me goes in so many different directions and I was very much an overthinker I would say that I probably still am but nowadays I'm able to not take into consideration what my mind is jabber you know like just Mm. all the time I'm like okay like you're there like you're making up stories you do you but like I'm living in the present moment more of the time and I feel like that's what's helped me grow as a person is to take in everything that came into my awareness as a sign as a clue to paving my way because I don't believe that we pave our ways on our own. I believe that there are things that are placed at specific times in order for us to answer the call. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe it's like a collaborative experience between the universe, God, and yourself. You're getting the signs. So I had the signs. I had people come into my life. I had people mention books, podcasts, Instagram accounts, and courses that they've done and I was just taking them and whenever I felt like yes this is a 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 no Mm -hmm. and the no's were the corporate world that was a no because I I knew it was a no because when I was working there nothing was exciting to me Mm -hmm. I wasn't excited by going to work I wasn't excited to get out of bed I wasn't excited to learn about finance and doing you know um certifications to get better at what I was doing I wasn't going home and like reading the documents for my previous companies you know products and portfolios I didn't care mm. enough and for me that was enough because I know how passionate I can be about the things that I love and I know how deeply I go into things when I love something so if I'm not doing that with such a big part of my life where I'm spending what like let's say 80% of my time, then what am I doing? I I really have to question my, my, my choices. Mm. And it wasn't always straightforward. And I did have challenges. I, my parents were not on board from the beginning. It wasn't like they were like, yes, go, you know, be a coach, teach yoga, go do Reiki. It's like, you know, they want the safety. They want the security. They want the known And I was suddenly making more and more peace with the unknown and the lack of safety and the lack of security and feeling like as long as I had my faith, that was security enough for me to take those leaps of faith. So that's kind of how things unfolded and the dots connected. And even after I left, the dots were still bluing together and till today, they're gluing together because there's new pieces of information and there's new things coming my way. Mm-hmm. And the fact that things are not always set in stone, I feel like I like that about my journey. And to to know that tomorrow I can go in a different direction and I can decide to start something new. And It takes a lot of courage to bet on yourself, especially I love how you said you became more um, comfortable trusting in the unknown. 
And sometimes people around you, you know, especially when they want the best for you, they try, you know, they're, they're coming from a place of fear, even though they're trying to protect you, but to answer the calls anyway, yeah. um, it takes a lot of courage. It's really inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. And I feel like the thing is, we all know what that call is, but again, we haven't been trained to listen to it. We've been called crazy when we listen to it. We look a little bit different when we're moving in a way that is not the norm, the norm of what is constructed. But anything in nature also has like its rhythms, its cycles, its ebbs and its flows. And I feel like the more I can align myself with that, the more I'll get like that, you know, accelerated growth and push into the direction that I need to go into versus like trying to do everything by myself and make things happen by myself and things are not necessarily working out the way that I want to but I'm going to insist on it because it's yeah. my way but my way is like the ego's way my small self's way it's not like my higher self's purpose it's not like a purpose that is considering the whole it might be something that is a bit more egoic selfish um versus mm -hmm you know, thinking about the the collective's actual needs. And I think being in tune, like you said, with nature, with the ebb and flow of things, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. Um, and you also touched on following those, following or hearing the calls or say that's your intuition, listening to your intuition. And I think when we had a little discussion about human design, you gave me a little tip on what my, you know, how to, trust my gut more or where, where that intuition comes from in my body. So maybe we could start speaking a little bit about human design um, and how it can be utilized as a tool um, to help guide us. But first, how did you discover human design? So I first discovered human design with my astrologer. Mm. Basically, was giving me like, you know, a brief on a few of the things that I was asking him about. And he's like, you know, by the way, you're a manifester. <laughs> and I was like, aren't we all manifestors? Like, can't we yeah. all like manifest? He's like, no, no, not in that way. Like, yes, everybody can manifest, but a manifester in the sense of like in human design, you make up 9% of the population. I was like, oh, interesting. Like, you know, you always feel like, yeah, maybe I am unique, but like, you know, fine, cool. 9% of the population. That's pretty cool. Uh, reflectors only make 1%. So they're even rarer. So if there's any like reflector here, they're probably like, I'm rarer than you are. I'm like, yeah, you are for sure. Um, so I was like, okay, so what does it mean? And he couldn't, you know, go deeper with me. And this was back in probably like 2018. Okay. So it's been a while. Yeah. And I tried to like research a little bit, human design, manifester, things came up. I was like, okay, interesting. There was nothing yet on Instagram. And then I went to yoga teacher training. It was mentioned again. I was like, okay. And then I started reading a bit more then. But if you look at the charts, you're like, what? What what is this? Like yeah. for all of these, you know, you can kind of see, like, yeah, is this chakras? But does it mean like my chakra is blocked or not blocked and open and closed. And you're kind of like, not sure. What are these like three extra centers that I've never seen before? It's what not straightforward at all. It looks just like 
looks like a cool like sci-fi kind of drawing I don't know there's like little there's numbers everywhere there's little centers that are colored in or not that, that look kind of like human body parts but it is like you need someone to I think to help you understand it definitely so that's when I feel like it was still probably before I quit my job or right when I was quitting my job there was uh, a coach in Lebanon that my friend put me in touch with and he read my chart and I remember he was reading my chart and I was looking at him and I like I, I just started to like you know feel very much overwhelmed because yeah. for the first time in let's say 20 plus years of my life did someone really see me and really get me I had done many like astrology readings I had gone to see many different healers and I was always like in the search of my purpose who am I what am I here to do blah blah and this guy was just telling me straightforward like this 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 you know like you're designed to initiate as a manifester you're designed to listen to your heart's voice and not your uh, mind so you need to talk it out the more you talk things out the more you'll be able to know what it is that you need to be doing and you're sensitive to this you're sensitive to people's emotions people's stress funny example he gave me was like you probably brush your teeth really fast at night if you're around a lot of people I was like how can you know and he's like because in your chart this and that so after the reading I was like I finally have permission not mm. that you ever need permission to be who you are, but I just felt like you gave me the permission slip I needed to stop operating like everybody else and to start actually listening to what I knew all along. But I was just told that it was in the right way. I was just conditioned that it was in the right way. You know, one of the things you mentioned was, you know, I'm a coach, I'm a yoga teacher. I publish my own poetry book. Like there's a lot of different hats that I wear, mm. but if I ask like my family members, you know, what do you think of this? Mm. For them, it's just a bit like, yeah, like it's too many things, like narrow it down. My dad will always repeat, a jack of all trades is a master of none. And then- <laughs> We've heard that so, before. <laughs> I'm sure we've heard this before. And in the past that would like affect me. Oh my God, yes, I need to stick to that one specific thing and get good at that one specific thing. But as a manifester, if I'm here to chart a path that is different and I'm here to go explore the unknown and actually be that fire starter and start the engine, mm. because manifestors are very much um, the visionaries. They see things far into the future so they can tell where things are going before they go in that direction. Yeah. And they can initiate on those things. It's like they have a creative urge in their physical body so I'm speaking to the manifestors here, if there are any of you that are tuning in. Like there's an urge in your body. The cue to do something isn't so much, by the way, the external sending you a sign. It's more your internal body giving you a push in that direction. But I used to ignore those pushes, right? I used to ignore those things because I always, maybe it's from childhood, maybe like I went and I like decided to go down a different path you know like I was like a bit maybe I was climbing something or maybe I like did something and my parents were like no don't do that it's dangerous like don't go there like stay here with everybody else the programming begins right so I find that if 
we can do more human design for children, the better it would be because children live their design so authentically from the beginning. And then it's everything else that they learn and acquire through time that moves them away from who they really are. That's so interesting. Actually, one of my friends, Paola, she asked me that question to ask you, what's the best age to do somebody's chart? And I totally agree when you're young, yeah, the natural instinct and inclination to do, you know, certain things, what you're attracted to, what you're naturally good at, what you're interested in, it's all, it's all there. And to this day, when I am blocked, I always go back to that that place and what did I find interesting as a kid like I used to love to read so I'll spend time reading because I know that's that made me feel good um and even the type of music I used to listen to I always go back to that for inspiration and it always works exactly exactly and it's like then there were certain experiences that this you know that like it's called like soul retrieval in a lot of ways because it's like going back to those moments where you let go of a piece of what makes you up because somewhere along you thought that that was wrong or you thought that that was bad or you thought that that wasn't the way. And so we listen too much to the external and too little to the internal. And I feel like that's what human design gives back to people. It's like you're your own authority you know best what is right for you and what is not right for you. And the more you can follow that, the less resistance you will encounter in your day-to-day life. It doesn't mean you won't encounter any resistance and life is just going to be butterflies. I, If you've been on a spiritual path this, you know, right now, you'll know that the spiritual path isn't necessarily like the easier path. If anything, it's probably like, the more courageous path, the more daring path, the more, you know, sometimes the dark path because there you face your own darkness. But what I prefer, what I love about human design, at least in comparison to the other modalities, is that I feel like I am in the driver's seat mm. versus life is just taking me where it wants and I, do, I don't have any sort of say. Yeah, so it's not like astrology in that sense where, you know, if Mercury's in retrograde, I mean, those things can influence you, I guess, as well, but it's not that kind of specific, this is what's going to happen to you at this time in your life. It's a bit more general. It's like a blueprint. They call it blueprint, the charts, don't they? Exactly. It's a blueprint. It's like, this is your soul's blueprint. It came to manifest itself in this particular way. Mm. So given that, you have been given everything in order to fulfill your soul contract, whatever that soul contract is. We all have different soul contracts. And it's like, okay, you know, this is this is what I've decided to acquire in this lifetime. This is what I decided I needed to refine my my soul to refine my purpose to dig deeper into myself to do what I've come here to do I think like if there's anything in you that's been planted or something that you revisit time and time again of course you should go and explore that of course you should go give it a chance 
regardless of what X, Y, and Z is saying. And most of the time, X, Y, and Z are your closest people, your parents, your partner, your um, best friend sometimes. I feel like though best friends usually are always down for, for the crazier rides. Yeah. Yeah, I find that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in in human design, there are five types. And so we've kind of touched on manifesta. A manifest is like, how would you describe them in like a sentence or a word? Or They're the initiators, the fire starters, the trailblazers, the ones to get things started, mm. but they're not designed to keep it going. Okay. So I, um, for an example, I think, is Frida Kahlo a manifesto? Frida Kahlo is a manifesto. Adele is a manifesto. I mean, not to, like, I don't even want to mention, but like Putin apparently is a manifester. Okay. So these are people who have the ability to, like a fire starter, I would say Frida Kahlo is a, definitely a fire starter. Yes. In the way that she created her art and I think portrayed women in this kind of, well, she was just a bit irreverent and fearless with her art. Um yeah. And gave other people the courage to maybe try something new or be more oh, just like naked in the way that they made their art, if that makes any sense. So there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of um power there. And um, she gave so much people, so many people permission to be themselves. Yes. So I would say manifestors like you described it really well. It's like to be bold, to be brave to go into uncharted, unknown territories, not knowing where it's going to take you. And the people that are, you know, around will probably like jump on boards, like help you continue the movement. They will keep, you know, um, coming back or helping and supporting you to keep going. But what's interesting is a lot of times what you find with manifestors is that they will start something, they will bring it to life, and then they will opt out of it and they mm -hmm. want to go and they want to start something new and then they will opt out and then they will go start something new. So there's there there tends to be a bit of that with manifestors. That's why mm. I don't hold back anymore when I come up with a new crazy idea. I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's just how I'm designed. So human design kind of gives you the permission to say, that's okay. If you're not into that anymore, it's time to move on to something new. That's actually good for you. Yes. And I would say some, the other energy type that would resonate with this a lot is the manifesting generator. So the manifesting generator is the combination of two energy types, the generators and the manifesting generators. They yeah. were originally grouped together as one category, but they do have uh, differences as well. So the manifesting generator is really here to do things that light them up. Mm -hmm. to be that doer, to be the architect of society. You can see them as that, but also to allow themselves to pivot when they're no longer lit up by what used to light, by, yeah, by what used to light them up. So they're very like multi-passionate. A lot of things would be exciting to them. A lot of, you know, things that they might start mm. and then stop and then go and start something else. So from the outside, it sometimes feels like, why aren't you sticking to that one path or that one thing? Yeah. But for them, that would feel really constricting 
to their souls. And it's like they find their own secret recipe, their own secret sauce based off all of the things that they love to do and combining it together and showing us a new way of doing things, a new career path, a new, um, you know, just a new experience completely. Like they're the ones that are going to be interested in this and this. And now suddenly they create this new like movement, you know, and then- that's really interesting. That sounds like my my partner and he kind of does that on all levels. Like even like any, everything has to be like a full rounded experience. So if we're eating Mexican food that night, it's like a whole immersive experience. We're listening to the music. We're like watching a documentary based on that. We're eating the food. We're having the drinks. It's like it's an all, it's everything at once. I love that. And he's a manifesting generator. He's a manifesting generator. And so. that's the beauty of it, you know, and that's the thing. It's like they bring a lot of that. They're like that multi-passionate being. And it doesn't mean that if you're not a manifesting generator or a manifester, that you're not multi-passionate. Mm. Another way to know whether, you know, you might be pivoting a lot in your life or like wear many different hats or explore different sides to who you are is if one of your centers, which we call the identity center, mm. which is where your heart is located so it's that center over here I know we're like on video but it's like the the heart center it's the third center from the bottom yeah in the of your of your graph if that one is white it is very likely that you too throughout your path will feel the call to pivot to change Mm -hmm. to go in a different direction so I have that. that exactly that's really interesting and so next we have we have uh, generators yes so generators similarly to manifesting generators really here to do what they love to do and that's the thing it's like 70 percent of the world generators manifesting generators you guys are meant to follow the things that you love because your energy is here to basically bring to life things in a very quick way it's like you can turn an idea and make it real, like like that, right? Like you're fast at doing it. You have the energy to do it. Yeah. So you might as well do that, like the quickness of things towards the things that you love, towards the things that are lighting you up, towards the things that bring you joy. So a generator really like think of it like, you know, the electrical generators to like keep, if let's say the electricity stops, in Lebanon, we have something called a generator where you have a backup battery. It's a backup battery to keep yeah. you going. And um, what other special thing I can say about like generators and manifesting generators together, like one of your big lessons is in trusting that what wants to be written for you is greater than what you want to write. So a lot of times they try to do things again with that, like, I want to control the outcome. I want this. I want that versus creating spaces in their day for things to come to them, creating opportunities to respond to things because your strategy to make anything happen. Mm. So a strategy in your human design is how do you make things happen? You make things happen by waiting to respond you make things happen by being so lit up and so fulfilled within yourself 
that you attract things, people, experiences, opportunities like a magnet. It's like you're literally drawing them in. Mm. And then this is where your authority type, which is your intuition, kicks in. So this is where you will know, like, are you an emotional decision maker? So you will see if you do your chart, like it will say like emotional gut feeling or just like gut feelings. And if if it's like just, you know, pure gut feelings without the emotions, it's very black and white. Yes, I want to say yes to this thing that has now popped up in my life. It feels good to me. It feels expansive. It feels like my energy is increasing. It feels like I'm lit up by it. If I think about a problem that can arise with this project, I'm excited to solve it. I don't feel like, you know, I can't resolve this. And when it's an emotional decision maker, which by the way, 50% of the world, they are emotional decision makers. Yeah. So you can have manifestors and projectors that are emotional decision makers too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you need to sleep on things. Mm-hmm. You don't go and you make a decision right away. Allow yourself to take a day or two or three to come into a more neutral emotion versus being on a high so for example I'll give an example of my mom okay she goes to a shop because she's an emotional generator she goes into a shop she likes something she's like "Mm, I really like this like I want to buy this yeah and she's like you know what like I'm gonna come back tomorrow and see if I want it so my mom does this very natural she go back home she'll sleep on it, she'll decide whether or not she wants it, maybe the next day she comes back, she looks at it again, she's like, you know what, no, I don't need this right now, it's not for me, Mm. so she won't get it, so she allows that emotional wavelength to settle, and it helps, it helps because if you say yes on a high, that's a job opportunity. You're you're high on life. Everything is great. You say yes to it because it just popped up, and you're like, wow! Like it just it came. It appeared out of nowhere. But then two days later, you're like, but actually, that's not my dream job. That's not really what I want to do. And then you're you're either gonna have to like take back your offer, or go do something that you really don't want to do. So that's a little bit about like the emotional decision makers and. Yep. Uh, so how do you know if you're an emotional decision maker? Is that your authority? Is that called? Yes, your authority. So if your authority is emotional. Emotional solar plexus. So then you should you should wait, give yourself some space and time before rushing into something or trying to control something. Give it a bit of space to breathe. Exactly. Exactly. Give it space to breathe. Give your body the time to settle so it's like wait for clarity to unfold versus forcing the clarity to come I need to know right now I need Mm -hmm. to know now what I want to do so a great example is like if you are so people that have the emotional solar plexus colored in their chart it's going to be the first center to the right of your chart so you know how there's everything in the center, then there's like two on the right side. It's the first one on the right side. That will be defined. And so if that one is defined as well, it's like some days you're on a high and life is great. And it's because the universe, you know, played you a beautiful song. Tomorrow, it's not playing you the same song. It's more like melancholic or a little bit sad or maybe a little bit on the depressing side. Who knows, you know, depending on how 
you feel your feelings. And it's like, don't try to rationalize your feelings. Don't try to fix your feelings. It's playing you that song on purpose. And you haven't done anything wrong for that song to be playing. It's just playing because you're here as an individual to experience the full range of emotions. Mm. There's nothing that you can do about it. There's nothing that you can do to fix it. So then in terms of like relationships and dynamics, knowing your partner. So let's say I'm a non-emotional and I'm picking up on my partner's emotions. If I can know this about him, Mm -hmm. then... I can be like, okay, like he's feeling this way right now. It has nothing to do with me. Let him take his space. Let him settle. Let him, you know, do what he needs to do. Yeah. I am not going to try to fix his feelings either. I'm going to be that person that he can come to perhaps and talk about his feelings if I have the capacity to hold space. If I don't, then, you know, he has to also find his ways to feel his own feelings. I feel like that is a very powerful thing because I feel like in relationships, sometimes you might take things too personally, but it actually doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with how the person is experiencing their design right now. And if they don't have a lot of awareness around it, it will affect the dynamic of the relationship a lot more. Mm, That's really good advice because a lot of people don't, you know, I'm sure we're all guilty of not giving each other the space to feel our emotions immediately. We want to fix, you know, or fix someone or sort it out for them or confront them or if if we think it's about us. But giving that space is something, especially when you know someone's emotional. I think my partner's emotional. Yeah, Um, exactly. You know, just give them a bit of space. You don't have to sort. It's a natural thing. Exactly. Because if your partner is emotional and then he comes to you and now if you're, since you're non-emotional, I know this about your chart, you're going to magnify his emotion. So if he's feeling sad four out of 10 now, let's say you're eight out of 10 sad, like you're sadder than he is. Hmm. So for him to know that he is impacting you with it and know that you are impacted by his emotions. Hmm. If he's angry and he comes to you and now you're feeling his anger. You might yell even louder than he's yelling because now you're magnifying what he was feeling. Yeah, that's probably true. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm Italian as well. So we, I can raise the, the volume bar really quickly. <laughs> um, but it's, that's a really interesting point. And so what's next? Do you have... We've spoken exactly. about manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, and projectors. Projectors. So you're a projector. Projector. And, uh, yes. So projectors make up 20% of the world population. And I find that projectors love human design because projectors love when things are made more efficiently and are more effective. Like that's what they do. So projectors love systems. They are very gifted at leading, teaching, advising, guiding, and counseling. So you make a very natural teacher sometimes. You feel very much inclined to to just recognize other people's gifts and talents. You do it innately it's how you're designed it's like I see what you're good at let me tell you one two three four five I'm gonna devise a plan for you to go and take 
these action steps because you're gifted. You have this. And the other person is like a little bit like, whoa, like, how do you see this in me? But it's just like the projector's gift to be able to see, to be able to recognize where people, um, you know, are gifted, what people can do. And it's just like, again, for them, their strategy is like waiting to be invited. So you're not going to go and give advice to whoever, whenever. Because if you do, let's say, go give advice to your partner on his new business idea, but he asks no advice from you, hmm. you're going to get a pushback. He's hmm. going to resist. He's going to be like, I didn't ask you for this. So even though you were well-intentioned about it, hmm. you're not being recognized for what you just gave him. I'm just using you and your partner as an example. It could hmm. be you and the best friend. It could be you and your uh, parents or siblings. But it's just to know that let people come to you for it and ask you or especially projectors are like pretty sensitive to their environments. They feel their environment a lot. So read the room. Can I share this with this person? Am I going to be seen? Am I going to be met? Mm. And are they showing me a bit of interest with what I have to share with them? If they don't show any interest and they're not really asking me questions, why waste my sacred energy mm. with what I'm going to say now? Because they're not going to receive it. So projectors, similarly to manifestors and reflectors, we are like non-sacral beings. We don't have our sacral center defined. It's the second center to the bottom. It's going to always, always be white and um, undefined. So it just means that we're, you're not meant to do all the doing also. You're not here to work necessarily from morning to night, five days a week, all day, every day. Mm. There needs to be time to rest. There needs to be time to settle, be in silence, shut out the world a little bit. But I've worked with a lot of projectors. They struggle with this a lot. I worked with manifestors. We struggle with this as well. Because 70% of the world are generating things all day, every day. And bringing things to life all the time the projector isn't sure what his role or her role is the manifester doesn't know and they're just trying to imitate everybody else because they're the majority mm. and it's like if you can embrace that as a projector you're here to show people how to be successful while being rooted in ease that is your gift to the world mm. like to show and it's funny because well not funny but you know your show being called like chill like there's there's that element of like chillness to projectors when I'm with a projector it's like I can finally like just like okay I don't need to prove myself right now mm -hmm. I don't need to work I don't need to talk about work necessarily there's a silent understanding that life isn't all about just doing mm -hmm. there is power in allowing things to take shape and allowing things to come to you and trusting the timing of when these things happen. Yeah. It's funny um, that you said projectors, you know, aren't really designed to work, you know, all hours of the day. Cause that's the one thing that I read in my, well, when I first heard about human design, that pro projectors maybe need to take more space and I noticed this 
because when I first started um, writing or doing writing sessions um, with other people in London, I mean, I was really young at the time. I was like 15 and I was working with other adults who wouldn't take a break. They would not take a break. And if I don't take a break or have something to eat, for instance, I get like headaches. I can't focus. I get um, all jumbled up. My head is like scrambled eggs. I just can't. I have to take those breaks um, more than some. And I used to really get down at myself for thinking that I was not like good enough or I didn't, I wasn't talented enough because I wasn't, you know, actively doing as much all the time. But then I feel like I do have these like intense bursts of, of moments where I'm just really in it. And then I'm like, okay, I'm out. Like I can feel I'm in it. And then I can feel this energy of like, right, that's it. I, I need to take air or something. Yes. And that's so, so powerful to follow that, right? Because the more you can follow that, the more you know you're going to literally be flowing with the force of the universe because this is how you are energetically designed. Mm. If you are on your laptop, and this has happened to me so many times, and I'm like, must finish project. Like I need to sit down and finish my task. And my eyes are drooping. I'm starting to get angry and I'm starting to get irritated because it's like, I need to finish this now. Mm. And it's like, no, it's okay. Just close your laptop, go for a short walk, go make yourself tea, go like, you know, read a few pages of a book. And then maybe you come onto your laptop again. And it's like, things will just flow out naturally mm. because I gave myself that space. But if I force myself to sit, yeah, maybe I'll get, I'll get it done. But like you said, I'll experience headaches. I'll experience fatigue and burnout. And so projectors and manifestors can experience burnout perhaps faster than other designs in terms of, you know, just not being designed to do all of the doing. But yeah, if you if you follow your type, if you follow your strategy and your authority, you can avoid the burnout. And like you said, you know, feeling worthy or not feeling worthy with productivity, that's a huge thing. And a lot of people can experience it including generators and manifesting generators, because there's one of the centers, which is um, called the ego center, which is the second center on the right of your chart. Yep. So above the emotions, and that governs your motivation, your self-esteem, your self-worth. And if people don't have it defined, that ebbs and flows a lot too. So it's like some days you can be highly motivated, and let's say if you're with me, because I have it colored, I can give you that burst of energy and that motivation. Yeah. And then can leave my energy and you're like, oh my God, now I am drained. Like I am done. It's so funny. Actually, manifestors in particular, I, uh, in particular, I work really well with. Um, and yeah, it's easy to bounce ideas off. I feel like, oh, they get me. I feel like really seen by manifestors. Um, because we have that understanding of we don't need to do to be, you mm -hmm. know, we are human beings, not human doings. I feel like we reinforce that. So, um, you know, I think for generators and manifesting generators, because it does give them that kick, it does give them that joy, but also for them to recognize that if they can create more spaces in their days and they can learn to be more patient, it's a really big lesson for, for those to 
yes, the more life will, you know, take you where it needs to take you. Mm. Um, but there's so much to human design and your charts and like there's layers upon layers, you know, like there's your not self theme and your self theme. Like if you're not yourself as a projector, you're going to feel bitter. What does that look like and sound like? And if you are, you know, in alignment, projectors are meant to be successful. So, you know, sitting down with what does a successful life look like? What does success mean to me? And redefining that, right? Because I think that maybe the way that you look at success can be very much the conditioned way of thinking about success. Yeah. Having X amount in my bank, having this done, being the number one podcaster worldwide. I'm just giving mm. like examples. And it's like, but maybe being successful is like you wake up in the morning and you feel really good and you make yourself your tea and then you like you know meet with people that you love to meet talk to people you love to talk to grow something like a business that you love Mm. deeply and cherish and nurture so yeah it's interesting it's interesting I often get a bit um not jealous jealous is the wrong word yeah maybe of um manifesting generators and generators of how they can just go you know they have that um ability to keep on going uh, I know I love to get, I get impatient though I like to make things happen like quick but to have that stamina is something that's really um yeah I do wish I had that a little bit but I'm learning- I know I- <laughs> when, I, when I first discovered I was like really like that's that's the one I chose to come and be like the manifester and what's funny is like everybody originally thinks they want to be the manifester right Mm. because it sounds very cool because the inventor of human design was a manifester okay so maybe that's why he called it manifester but it's interesting because a lot of people are like oh yes like so cool you're a manifester I'm like yeah I I rest for like probably 60 percent 70 percent of my time so Um, that's one thing that interests me um so who created human design so he was a manifester he was a manifester his name uh, was uh ra urufu he was canadian his actual name is like robert something robert andrew something yeah Uh, but he invented human design when he was in ibiza in the late 80s so what, like 30 years ago now, almost yep. plus years ago. And he was on an acid trip, I believe. It was an acid trip for eight days straight. He didn't eat, he didn't sleep, he didn't drink. He was just like channeling human design, which is a combination of astrology with quantum physics, with the I Ching, with the Kabbalah and the Vedic philosophy. So the chakra system. And he put them all together and uh, he created the system like a super super um yeah super combination of all of these things um it is um so interesting and really worth i think getting somebody to sit with you and explain your your chart and we'll speak about the end like about your offerings and how people can connect with you um but I would also love to learn a little bit more about how you started writing poetry because you've just released a book yes. and I find 
you know, with your, you know, part Lebanese heritage as well, I think there's this link with, with poets, especially from the Middle East, like it's in the DNA and the way, you know, this kind of style of, of poetry that I see reflected. Actually, I feel like it's having a little bit of a comeback, even in people like, do you know that guy Jaya John? Is it Jaya? Yes, I love him. His writing is so beautiful and it really reminds me of that kind of that style of writing. But I'd love to know, yeah, when did you begin writing poetry? It's funny because I began writing it probably when I was like 19, you know, like on my notes on my phone, like I just like write things down. Yeah. Uh, But it never like hits me that it was poetry. I just thought, okay, like I'm just writing these things when I had a crush on someone and be like a bit of like a you know a romantic thing but then um it was probably my mid-20s I would say whenever I would meditate I would then you know start journaling and I would write down something and I was like oh interesting it sounds a bit poetic there's a bit of a rhyme okay you know once twice three times and I would post them sometimes on like my my page. And then eventually, like one day I was like, what, but like I have too many of these. Like I, I've written so many. So I took my journal, I started to compile them on a Word document, and I had maybe like 80 poems. I was like, okay, like there's a lot, like I need to do something with it. Because I know something about creation and creativity is that when it is not shared with others doesn't matter how many, but if it's not shared, there's a lack of giving and receiving. There's like mm-hmm. the there's like a lack of balance between giving and receiving, right? It's like I am receiving something from the beyond that is working through me, mm-hmm. but then I'm not giving it back. I'm holding it to myself. Mm-hmm. So when I started to look at it in that way, I felt like, well, it is actually maybe selfish not to share these things. Maybe it's not actually uh, being in alignment because growing up in the society I grew up in, there's a lot of, you know, stay silent, be the good girl, don't share too much, like keep things very personal, very private. So I had to release all of that conditioning so that I can feel like I can share my poems. So once I compiled it all, that was the work I had to go through to feel good enough to put it out there, to feel like I, my words were strong enough, powerful enough to be shared with my community. So, yeah, I would say like I started mid-20s and I'm turning 32 next year. So it took some time. But it's beautiful when you look back on all of your your poems I'm guessing they're like snapshots of your life at that time and then putting them all together and then realizing wow I actually have a body of work um sometimes we don't consider how much we actually do I mean this is something I reflecting on as a projector oh we didn't talk about reflectors we'll we'll talk about them yes I realized by the way I realized (laughs) I was just thinking sorry reflectors um because you guys are unicorns. You're unicorns. You're really, you know, really special. Um, so maybe, but I've taken that, I, I you know, often think, oh, I don't do enough. And then I look back on all this stuff and I was like, oh, actually there's quite, 
a body of work and it feels really it's also really gratifying to see it all in one place like when you finished an album or something it's just so nice um, yes it is it's nice it feels very surreal I'm like this is my book you know like it's uh it's pretty special to me too but um you it's interesting because you never feel like maybe it's good enough I could have been better like you still find like a few mistakes here and there sometimes I'm like oh there's a typo hmm. <laughs> but it's like it's okay it's fine we're good it's per that's perfectionism how do you deal with things like perfectionism I never thought that I had it until I realized that I did and I think that that was what stopped me from perhaps publishing earlier from doing what I really wanted to do at an earlier stage I always felt like I didn't know enough and that was something that human design also showed me with what we call the profile type which can show you whether you have a bit of that or not and for me it was like I don't know enough I need to learn more I need to study more and uh, that that was a bit intense now that I know this I'm like oh it's fine like we're okay mm. you live and you learn you grow from these things so yes I'll speak a bit about reflectors as well and you know we do say we save the best for last but reflectors yeah. if you look at their chart their whole chart will be undefined they don't have any defined centers which makes them true mirrors wow. of society right like when you're in a room with a reflector like and they are like picking up on everything that is around, they are most likely to be the ones to see things and to feel things and to sense things that others cannot. And I feel like, you know, it can feel sometimes for reflectors, at least the reflectors that I know, like it's a lot of things that they're experiencing all at once and can feel quite overwhelming. So it is especially important for them to be with people that feel truly good to them to mm -hmm. be in spaces that they really want to be in being extremely discerning with those things obviously it's applicable to everybody but for a reflector especially due to their heightened sensitivity like be with people that see you be with people that love you be with people that you know nourish you on a soul level i have a friend of mine she's like a sister like we're born one day apart and she's a reflector and she was the first reflector that I met and I remember we met in a yoga teacher training and she was picking up on stuff and I was like where are you getting this from like where is this info coming from and then I was when I understood that she was a reflector I was like oh, okay like you know you do really see things differently they're very much that like mirror to to people so when a reflector states something that they see within you I always feel like it's probably the most accurate representation mm. of you because they really like can can sense you and feel you and then reflect back to you who you are. And what kind of um, work do they gravitate towards? They'll probably, everyone is different. I mean, Sandra Bullock is one of the few famous reflectors that I can think of. Well, I really so like her. Yeah. So, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a few more as well, but I can't think of them right now at the top of my head. Mm. Um, so they can do any type of work. The thing with human design, you don't need to 
think that because you're a specific design, you can't do what you want to do. So projectors, yes, you guys are extremely entrepreneurial. You like to have your own businesses. You like to have your own thing. But it also doesn't mean that you can't work for someone if you really wanted to do that. Hmm. Same with the generator, manifesting generator. You don't only need to work for people. You can start your own thing. And manifestors, same thing. You can have your own business. You can work for others. I mean, my boss in corporate is a manifestor. I found that out like this year, like five years after I quit my job. And she still manages to work corporate. Does it come from conditioning? I'm sure there's still a bit of that. But, you know, it doesn't tell you you can't do something. It just shows you how you can do it better. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's so interesting about reflectors. I don't know if I know any. I'm going to have to get people. Um, I always ask people's times and they look at me like, oh, no, here she goes again. <laughs> but you know, it's funny because with astrology, sometimes, yes, you get, you get especially like the men, like, oh, no, like, why am I going to do this or do that? But with human design, even with the men, when I share them, you know, mm-hmm. what their chart is like and, they always are like, you know, their jaws drop to the floor and they're like, what, you see this? Like, you can sense this, like, you know this about me. Like, yes, it's so true. And they feel very seen as well and very vulnerable. I feel like it does make people feel vulnerable because yeah, more vulnerable than like your soul's blueprint, right? It's like, it, there's this meme that goes around that I've seen. It's like... um if somebody asks me for my nudes and you send them your human design chart, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> that's pretty cool. Actually. That's, that's, that's a good, um, good one. Yeah. You know, um, Oh, it's been such a great, um, conversation. I've loved learning about human design and I really think I need to do a proper in-depth reading with you about it. Um, it does really, really interest me. And yeah, so I was going to say, like, if anybody's listening to the podcast, like, you'll get a 10% off if, like, you uh, listen to the podcast and uh, you come through this. I'm happy to to do that. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yes. So just let me know if, you know, maybe we can do a promo code, like, Maria10. Let's just... Okay, Maria10. That's cool. That's that's a good one. So, um, yeah, I've got loads of mates who will take you up on that, too, because this has been... Um, yeah, something new, obviously, you know, I, I'm really interested in astrology too, but human design has really had a bit of a, people are just talking about it a lot more lately or because it is relatively new. Um, yes. Like it's dubbed like the new astrology because of this. And I'm glad that people are feeling more and more called to learning about human design. And because I feel like relationships can work better. Mm. raising kids can be a lot more intuitive and specifically designed to the to the child companies can run better if they Ah. understand how people work and operate you know like you're not going to make a uh, a projector do back-to-back meetings maybe you know like that will completely shatter the projector but maybe the manifesting generator that will be like their best thing ever like wow I get to bounce from meeting to meeting and have a lunch meeting and a dinner like yeah that could them more uh, so it's just <laughs> it's useful to know so just to 
wrap things up, do you think you could read um, one of your poems or? Yes. So I have my book <laughs> up to me. Um, this is like the paperback version that you can find on um, on Amazon. I thought maybe like I'll pick a random page, like just open yeah. any page. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Okay. So it's uh, the title is I Believe. I believe the moon holds secrets if we pay close attention. I believe true love never dies. Inner peace is the real prize. Everything else is just poor disguise. I believe the sea heals the soul and we are always whole. I believe answers are found in silence, but those who love you will be verbal. I believe that life is eternal and God's love is universal. That's perfect. They're like little, little shots of medicine. I love that. Little shots of medicine. That's so cool. Yes. Um, I probably, I remember I wrote this, I was like feeling pretty down at the time. I was going through like a breakup. Mm. So that was when I wrote this one. Yeah, there's something about that makes you feel feel safe. And I love that you said inner peace is the real prize. And that is something that really resonates with me and that I try and I think that's always like my my guiding star, my North Star. For manifestors, inner peace is our guiding star. Is it? Yeah, it is. So um, it's like how we know we're in alignment is we experience inner peace. So thank you so much. And where's the best place for people to connect with you? Instagram would probably be the easiest way to connect with me. So I'm sure you'll give them all of my details through um, the post that you share. Yeah. But it's just my name. And um then like I'll answer DMs. You can like also email me if you want to. I have a website as well. If you go on the link of my bio, so it's all there for you. And uh, yeah, I hope to connect with the listeners and to see what they have. You know, to I feel like I always love meeting people from all around and to see like what their designs are like and how to help them go down the path that they feel called to, but maybe feel a bit hesitant still. Sounds good. So until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening. And thanks so much, Maria, for being my guest. Speak soon. Speak soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Chilling with Chill Me. Maria has kindly gifted listeners 10% off her human design readings. So if you're interested, make sure to use the code MARIA10 to claim your discount. I'll include all the links in the show notes below. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.